Hi, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jonathan. I just wanted to let you know that uh, in this particular episode, we had a few little audio glitches with our guest, but uh, please press through. The content of this program is outstanding for parents, and uh, we just hope that some of the audio issues won't be too distracting. Thanks for understanding. Good day, listeners and viewers. Welcome to this edition of the Pure Sex Radio program. We're so glad to have you here with us. My name is Jonathan, and we actually have with us uh, from North Carolina our our newest staff member, actually. We have Ann Kerr in our family care ministry. And so, Ann, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's great to be here. And really, it's a welcome back because you've been on the program before, but you're on the program now with in a new capacity. <laughs> you're actually part of the Be Broken team now. And so that's kind of exciting. You want to share just a little bit about, about how all that happened, and then we'll dive into some some uh, content that hopefully will help parents. Oh, thank you. Yeah, well, we've been a huge admirer of your work. I was the through North Freedom Project, and we were working with parents to help equip them to guide their children in today's sexualized culture and uh, came to kind of a, a crossroads, if you will, or, you know, a fork in the looking for opportunities um, to possibly merge with a like-minded organization. And so after a lot of conversation, and um, True North has come up again, and um, here I am, really excited. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was quite an interesting uh, development. And so we are excited to be able to welcome um, not only you to our staff, but there have been so many uh, amazing um, True North followers and supporters and just people that have been involved in your ministry over the years that have also now just um, happily come on board with Be Broken to continue supporting um, what you're doing in the family care ministry. And um, we're excited to see what's ahead, but let's talk a little bit about um, what this what this family care means. Let's talk about um, kind of the work that you've been doing and specifically some of the things that you've been doing that that you've dubbed sort of under this umbrella of, of allies, of parents being an ally to their children. So can you give us a little bit of a framework for um, how you constructed this language, how you began to try to, to communicate to parents this idea that they are to be their children's ally when it comes to dealing with all kinds of issues of sexuality? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, you know, I think before I started working in this whole field, I myself didn't really understand fully the significance of our sexuality and just how it is over a life beginning with um, really attachment as a baby that kind of sets us up for healthy relationships later and then various influences and experiences come into a child's life, most of them unexpected. Um, you see something, you hear something, uh, you feel a funny feeling, you know, things like that. And in most families today, those experiences aren't ever really talked about. Um, a child might not even think to talk to a parent about it. And so as I began thinking about how could we equip today's parents to lead children in the highly sexualized culture that they're growing up in, I thought, you know, I think a key element that is missing is this idea of connection, that we are all sexual beings from 
And, uh, you know, it might feel awkward to think about your little child as being a sexual being, but that's just the way that God created us. And with parents, you know, I often get them to think back to their own childhood. Like, um, you know, remember when you saw something for me, it was kind of the years catalog, the lingerie section gave me a funny feeling. I didn't understand why. And I certainly didn't really talk to my parents about it because it was a little bit embarrassing, you know, but, um, and for some people, something maybe even more significant happened in their life, abuse, or, you know, um, they saw, you know, really damaging images, which of course I saw later too. But um, for most children, like I said, those things kind of happen in a vacuum. And we know that um, just as God is so good as the creator of our sexuality, there is an enemy of our souls who is equally as, as um, skilled. I shouldn't say equally as skilled. He's very skilled in trying to destroy what God has said is good. Mm-hmm. And so the enemy is after our children today. And he wants to lead them down a sordid path. And um, I really feel like a child who has an ally in this area and preferably a parent, you know, or an adult in their life who really cares about them and who will connect with them and and talk with them through things really starting when they're kind of young, that child is going to be much better um, prepared and secure Mm -hmm. um, if they have a place, a person that they can talk with about things, if that trust relationship has been built. So the idea of allies was um, a really beautiful one to me. Jesus is our ally. He's the one that walks with us through all of the challenges of living in a broken world. And parents can, in a sense, be that ally for their child. So let's talk a little bit more about just the, um, the, the scope of this idea of connection, because I do think that um, most parents, it seems, when it comes to the issues of sexuality, when dealing with their children, are typically going to come at it through sort of a problem-solving paradigm, right? They're going to see, they're going to see one, maybe one side of the issues of sexuality, which is all of what we might consider the negative, the dangerous, the harmful. So they look at things like, okay, how do I keep my kid off of porn? How do I protect them on all these devices? And and very much about the the danger element related to. Um, what you mentioned about the enemy wants to distort the goodness of God's design for sexuality. And so therefore there's lots of avenues for um, living out those distortions. And I think a lot of parents rightfully so are wanting to say, how do I protect my kids from that? And how do I keep them away? And how do I, you know, respond when those things happen? But a little bit of what I'm hearing you say seems this idea of connection and being an ally seems as if that goes far uh, that goes much further than just having a protection or problem-solving mindset towards sexuality. Can you talk about what what else does this idea of trying to create connection, an allied connection with your children have when it comes to the full spectrum of sexuality, not just the problem areas of sexuality? Well, yeah, you're right. It's natural for a parent to want to protect their child and and it's godly. That's a thing. But if that's where most of the energy and emphasis is going, unfortunately, um, that same child, while maybe they're being protected in a sense, they're also being um, not protected in a way because part of protecting is equipping a child. They will experience and encounter not that not that a parent can you know see the future or know what will lie ahead but we all 
know there's brokenness all around us. Your child is going to experience brokenness mm-hmm. <laughs> because we live in a broken world. And so what, you know, think about a child who, um, what does a child need? A child needs security. So every good parent works hard to create a, a secure environment for their child, a place where they can talk about their feelings and can, you know, manage things and learn about things. Um, well, they need security in the area of sexuality too. They need a safe place to be able to talk about things that they've experienced or that they felt. And they're not all negative. You know, the funny feeling that I got as a little girl, that was not a bad thing. I thought it was because it made me feel kind of bad, <laughs> but it wasn't a bad thing. You know, um, as, as children grow up and they start to, you know, really just have these very natural hormonal reactions to sexual things, uh, again, God. Um, you know, it'd be nice if that, if that level of trust was already created with a parent and, and you're not at 12 or 13 or 14 years old, you know, your child, suddenly you're saying, hey, let's talk about uh, things related to your body. At that point, that child is already probably very ashamed of some things. And so you may have, in a, you may have to kind of do some catch up work, you know, but I think um, the child who has a safe place, the child who has already been having conversations with mom or dad along the way, that child is much likely um, to trust mom and dad to continue to give them good information. And obviously, we both know you cannot protect your child from everything. And our children will fail at times, too, just as we did. But they do when they fail. Well, they have that sense of security that I can still talk to mom or dad, you know, about my failure. A lot of it has to do with just kind of being like Christ in their lives, like Christ is to us. You know, that Christ is our security. He is um, our foundation. He is our solid rock in a very, you know, in a world that's very uncertain. So let's talk a little bit about trust, because I think that's a big element here in terms of being able to really connect well with your children around a topic that very easily can have a lot of awkwardness at best, you know, shame and real pain at worst. Um, I mean, I think there's a there's a reason why there's such a um, there's such a great possibility for pain and confusion around our sexuality because it is such a uh, an integral part of being human, and also because we believe from a Christian worldview, it is so integrally connected to the gospel. And so therefore, there's a reason why there can also be so much pain and confusion surrounding the issue of sexuality because of of the way God's designed it to literally in our bodies point us to him through this beautiful picture of what we told is Christ in the church. But let's talk about trust because, um, you know, I think without even realizing it, a lot of us as parents, we don't realize that that we're not actually building trust when our, with our kids when all we are doing is instructing our kids. In other words, if everything comes down to a rule, if everything comes down to I'm only ever lecturing my child, we, I think a lot of parents, we falsely assume if I'm, if I'm speaking to my child, it doesn't matter what I'm saying, uh, you know, they should trust me. <laughs> Can you help parents understand the dynamic of more of the give and take? Or what does it look like to be vulnerable as a parent? What does it look like to build real trust with your kids? Not just, hey, you know, an iron fist and you're going to keep the rules and that way everything's going to be great. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, one thing I often tell parents is <clears throat> you, you may or may not realize this, but your children have you up on a pedestal. They either think that you're perfect or they think that you think that and neither one is great. And so you've got to model for your children what it looks like to fail. You've got to model, um, show them what it looks like to ask for forgiveness and to be a real person because your child is a real person and they are going to fail. And so what, what they do in that moment when they fail depends a lot on what you've shown them, you know, how to do. And I, I want to speak just briefly to the parents out there who have older kids and they're thinking, oh, man, I really miss that. My child doesn't talk to me about anything, you know, <laughs> and I just want to say it's not too late. And, um, I, you know, I work with John Fort and I love what John um, says in his book, Honest Talk, about um, how to talk with your kids about sex. And, you know, one thing he says in there is that your story is the most powerful thing that you have. Mm -hmm. And most parents are afraid of sharing that because they don't want their kid to go down that same path, you know, but when you get vulnerable with your child, especially a teen or something, um, that's when things can get very real. And then uh, for parents with younger children, you know, what I want to say is, um, well, a very simple thing, name body parts. Don't, your silence around those parts can actually bring shame. And so I say, name them, don't shame them. And um, don't be afraid of it. Practice in the mirror if you have to first. Just <laughs> say those words. And um, one mom wrote to me. She was one of our donors, actually. And she always sends me an encouraging note. And one time she wrote me a note. And she said, and I just want to tell you, I, I won't say the name of her son because I'll give her away. But um, she said, my two-year-old, um, we just had a very interesting and, and very healthy conversation about his penis. And she said, I just want to thank you for helping me be able to do that. Because, you know, if you start off early, just naturally talking about body parts, then it's very natural for a child to just continue to talk with you about the feelings associated with them and the experiences that along the way. I think I love what you're saying there, Anne, because what it does is it, it causes us to realize as parents, um, the, the degree and the level to which we are still carrying some kind of shame or brokenness, or even sin around our own sexuality and our own understanding of God's design for sexuality. Can you speak a little bit to this, this reality that when parents are wanting to care for their children in this area of understanding and having them live out God's design for sexuality, that this is a mutual journey for both parent and child, not simply a, hey, you know what? As a parent, I've screwed up. Yeah, I know I've got a lot of problems, but really, I I just want my kid to be fine. I just I just want my kid to grow up fine. No, this isn't about me. I don't I don't want any help. I don't want to work on myself. But can you talk a little bit about the incongruence of the parent who might want to say, I want my kid to uh, you know fly through adolescence into adulthood without any scars and wounds? I don't really want to look at my own past or my own hurts or my own sin. Talk a little bit about why that doesn't work well. Well, um, God is a redeeming God. And first of all, your child's not going to sail into adulthood unscathed. That's right. impossible. And second of all, he redeems everything in our lives. And um, often he may use this role that he has given this, this job that he has given you, this opportunity, I should say. It's a very 
unique opportunity that really no one else in the world has, and that is to lead your child toward a godly understanding of sexuality and, um, you know, help them into Christ for all that they need related to it. So that's the opportunity that this parent has. But within that, because God is infinite in his ability to use things and to mend the broken things, within that opportunity is a real opportunity for that mom or dad, or even as a couple, for that couple to begin to, as you said earlier, recognize, oh my goodness, I think I still have some shame around this. I think maybe that's why it's hard for me to speak about it. Or maybe there was a very specific, you know, incident or season in that parent's life that, you know, maybe a counselor could help that mom or dad work through that. Because God wants to continue to grow us. You're right. We're all on a journey. I haven't arrived. You haven't arrived. Um, No one out there has. Until God takes us home, we'll continue to be on this journey. And one thing I share with parents is that their child's sexuality being shaped over a lifetime begins as a baby and then various experiences and things along the way. My sexuality continues to be shaped today by the things that I feed my mind and my heart and um, by the ways that I, you know, let the Lord shape me or maybe the ways I let the world shape me. And so um, that's one reason I love the work of Be Broken because it's so redemptive. And my husband has experienced redemption from a porn struggle. We have experienced a lot of redemption in marriage through the work that I've been. My husband struggled with porn. I struggled with shame. You know, they can be equally as debilitating. So, but God, like I said, God is a redeeming God. He's faithful to complete what he starts. And he will, in fact, use your story and your past to help shape you into um the person that he wants you to be. Yeah. In fact, uh, one of the things that I think is, is counterintuitive, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about how, you know, when, when John in his book, Honest Talk says about the story being the most powerful way to actually connect with your child. And it actually, it actually gives you that credibility as their parent to be the right person to lead them through their, their upbringing. Um, but one of the things that's kind of counterintuitive is I think on the one hand, we do feel like as parents, okay, I clearly see all of my mistakes in my past. And so I obviously don't want my children to follow in those footsteps of those same mistakes. So my logic here is I will never tell my kids about anything that I've done in my past, because if I don't tell them, they won't know anything about it and they won't go that way. But what's what's counterintuitive is when you actually share your story not only of your past, but also are willing to say, I'm still on a journey of learning and growth and maturing. It's amazing how that actually draws your child kind of up and out into something greater. In in other words, you know, you mentioned earlier that a lot of times, whether we like it or not, uh, our kids have us on a pedestal of, of some kind. And, and, and also the way God's designed it is, kids are naturally to look to their parents for guidance, for instruction, for direction. So when we share our story, there is a, there's a powerful, intimate connection that's made with that child where they get to kind of see behind whatever the, the hero facade they might've put up. But interestingly enough, it deepens in some ways that hero facade because they go, if dad, 
if dad can travel this journey and, and look, he's, he's still standing. And, you know, I actually have respect for him or if mom can, can do that. And she's still standing and she's still on a growth mission. I think there's actually inspiration that can be gained for a child to be able to see a parent who yes, has an imperfect past, but also at the same time is willing to say, I'm still standing, I'm still going to grow and I'm still going to learn. Can you, what would you say to the parents out there that are really experiencing a lot of fear right now about what we're talking about, especially about being more transparent and vulnerable with their children about their own stories in terms of helping their children understand the the road ahead of them? Well, I would say, um, first of all, find someone to tell your story to first. It may not be your child. (laughs) Right, right. Become more comfortable with your own story. God allowed it. He was, he was in the midst of it, you know, as painful as it may seem. So find someone to help you um, become more at peace about it. And don't be ashamed of it. You know, our story is powerful. Um, it's almost, um, you know, I, I almost, I'm sad sometimes for people who cannot share their story. And I realize it's a journey to get mm-hmm. there, you know. But my husband and I both have just experienced so much more um, intimacy and freedom in becoming real. That's kind of what it is to me is um, as long as you're not, well, anyway, becoming real is just becoming, um, being comfortable with, you know, your story and the way that God made you or whatever, and um, recognizing that your child is going to have his or her own experiences but they may feel very alone in those. And so when you can start to share your story, that creates a bridge, you know, of trust. They are more inclined to share their experiences with you. And um, it's a beautiful thing. You know, trust is a beautiful thing and being authentic is a beautiful thing. It, yeah. And I think one of, but you can get there. Yeah. One of the things that I've, I've loved in my, just my own experience with my kids, especially with my son, you know, there are certain things that, that dads and sons will connect on and moms and daughters will connect on. And I think there's, there's a, there's a healthy need for some of those distinctive dynamics. But one of the things that I really have enjoyed over the years, my son's in college now, but um, as he was kind of growing up through the teenage years is just being able to share with him my story at his age. So in other words, when he was 11, being able to say, okay, this is, let me tell you some stories about when I was afraid or when I did something really stupid or when I got caught at something or when I didn't know what to do or, you know, just, and it was amazing over the years of how I think he just felt this sense of, you know, two things. One, dad actually does get me, you know, he, he, I mean, I may think he's old and out of touch, but the reality is, is when he was my age, (laughs) we were very much alike. But the other thing that I think it does, and maybe this is what some parents need to hear out there because they've got a real fear paradigm, is that it also lets your child know they're not as smart as they think they are. (laughs) Right? Because sometimes they think I can keep a secret or I can, you know, pull the wool over my parents' eyes. And the reality is, is all of us as parents, we're veteran children. So (laughs) we've been there. Talk a little bit about that of why, why it is important for our kids to actually know that we're not really as out of touch as they think we are when it comes to the struggles they're facing. 
Yeah, well, it's easy, you know, with technology to think, oh, my parents are just, they don't get it, you know, because mm-hmm. technology has changed very fast. But at a, at a human level, we're all sinners. You know, we all have failed at times. And we all want to hide, right? Yeah, exactly. We all want to hide. And, and the other thing is we are all sexual beings. And so uh, if you can kind of, you know, think back to some of those early sexual encounters that you had and your child's may be different, but the feelings, you know, can still be the same. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, I just think uh, that whole concept of being an ally, you know, your children have an adversary. Like I said, they, they really need an ally. And so an ally is, is more of an arm around the shoulder. And I love that visual of, you know, you talking with your son and just um, sharing some of those things. It just takes so much pressure off the kids. Mm-hmm. It really does. They have a lot of pressure on them today to perform, to be accepted, you know, to measure up. And so if you can relieve some of that pressure, I just think, you know, that can pay off big dividends. Yeah. Well, and so we've got a few minutes left here, but I would, I'd love for you to be able to just speak a word of encouragement to those parents out there. I'm thinking of several kind of categories of parents, you know, there's parents that have a little bit older kids and they might be hyperventilating right now and thinking, I have missed the boat. I have missed the opportunity. We've never had these kinds of conversations with our kids and they're feeling like they're really just so far behind. But then maybe there's also those, those parents out there that are going, my kids are all under, you know, eight and okay. So I feel like I have an opportunity here but I'm scared, you know, like, what do I do? How do I do that? Just what words of encouragement would you give to parents out there, especially thinking about what you have sought to instill in these parents, that they are an ally, that they are the best ally for their children as they grow up? Yes, God picked you for your child. Mm. Out of all the parents in the world, he picked you. And so he can use you no matter what your story is and no matter what you have done or haven't done to this point. I often tell parents that are feeling, um, you know, defeated, be humble, you know, maybe start with an apology. You might even need to say, uh, you know, I realize we haven't had a lot of talks about sex or porn or, or even your body. And I'm sorry about that. And I'd love to figure out a way that we can do that now and then engage your child. How can we do that? You know, what, what might be good for you to hear from me? And then, um, you know, think about how you eventually want to share your story with your child. And then for the ones um, with younger children, I would just say capitalize on these early years. You know, this is where trust is built. And uh, so you don't have to apologize later. (laughs) There are great resources out there. I know um, they're um, on um, the website with Be Broken Under Family Care. And I love the Luke Gilkerson series of books. He's got some that just explain sex and sexuality um, from a godly perspective. I love John Fort's book, Honest Talk. That's a great one for parents to read. When your kids are little, even read that now mm-hmm. or read it if they're teens and it will really help equip you. And then I really, one of my favorite books is um, God Made All of Me, a book to help children protect their bodies. And we know sexual abuse is so common. And um, so that book does a lot to just give words to a toddler or, you know, a young, a younger child to um, help protect themselves. But it also normalizes, you know, using words like penis or breast or vagina mm-hmm. so that it's not quite so um, awkward when you want to talk about it, you know, you just read it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
kind of favorite books. Um, yeah, there are a lot of great resources out there. So, and God is with you, you know, pray together as couples on how to approach this. Um, recognize that God has a lot in it for you too, but don't get, don't get paralyzed by that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, just jump in. And um, we've got some great things coming up through that John and I are working on in the new year. We'll be announcing some things that um, will be good resources for parents. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll put all those resources in the show notes and, and listeners um, uh, also, just if you want to be able to just land on the Be Broken Family Care page, just go to family.bebroken.com and we've got all kinds of resources there and uh, keep an eye on that page. Cause like Ann said, um, there's there, uh, she and John are working on some new resources for the, the coming year. And so um, we're looking forward to that, but, and thanks for your work in this area and just thanks for being with us today on the program. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, listeners, um, we're always grateful for you. We're so glad that you've been with us. Um, parents, uh, you can do this. God, like, like Ann said, God picked you specifically for your child. So you are the right parent for your child. Uh, if you want some help along the way, please reach out to us. We'd be glad to help you. And we look forward to seeing you back here again next time on the Pure Sex Radio program. Take care. Pure Sex Radio is paid for by Be Broken Ministries. Visit us online at puresexradio.com.